just have a moment of worship without any singing, any music. And why don't you just tell him how much you love him today. Why don't we just thank him today for the cross, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, Lord, that you came and rescued us, God. Lord, you came, Lord, for us, why we were yet sinners. Lord, you died for us. Lord, I thank you for every person that's here today. I thank you for every person, God, Lord, who got up, Lord, and made their way to this house. God, I pray depression would leave. God, I pray confusion would leave, God. Lord, as we respond to your spirit today, because your spirit proves that you're still alive and you still do miracles. In Jesus' name, let's clap our hands to God right now over that. Go back to our seats right now. Wow, what a great time of worship. Can we give the music team, the worship team, a great hand? Didn't they do a great job today? And we wanna thank all of our guests today. If you are not a member here and uh, you showed up today, thank you so much. Welcome home. Can we give all of our guests a hand? And just one quick announcement. Uh, If you have kids next door, immediately after service, everybody say immediately. Immediately. Not five minutes, not 10 minutes, but immediately. Please go next door and get them and take them to the Easter egg hunt because uh, we need you to usher them over there so our Kids Blast workers can be over there too. All right, I'm gonna give just a a quick word today. And I, I feel like God has given this title to me as I read the text we're going to read today. And I wanna talk today about finding Jesus in the dark. Finding Jesus in the dark. And we see in John chapter 20 that a woman named Mary finds the empty tomb. It says, now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and she went to Simon Peter, the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved and said to them, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we do not know where they have laid them. Mary comes to the tomb and she finds it empty and it's not what she was expecting to see. And she misinterpreted the greatest event in human history She thought that the body of Jesus was stolen. She didn't even factor in the resurrection when she goes and runs and tells Peter and presumably John about what had happened. And they come with her, we're not gonna read those scriptures, but they come and they see the empty tomb and and they run back and she stays there confused, thinking that the body of Jesus had been taken. So who is Mary? Who is this Mary? Well, we call her Mary Magdalene. She was from a town called Magdalene. And she was a disciple of Jesus. And what we know about her is that Jesus cast out seven demons out of Mary. Now, I've done some things I regret, but I don't ever remember seven demons being cast out of me. But how many knows the greater God does for you the greater testimony that you have. And so Mary 
Jesus has done a lot for her and she loves Jesus. There's no question about that. She gave up everything to follow him. And she is one of only a handful of disciples who stay at the foot of the cross through the entirety of the crucifixion. She is a devoted follower to Jesus. And we see here that she comes to the tomb early. She shows up on early Sunday morning. And matter of fact, it's so early that it's still dark. And in the confusion of everything, it's dark. She can't really make out what's going on and she just sees that the tomb is empty and she jumps to a conclusion and that is that Jesus's body has been stolen and it's been taken. And I just wanna encourage somebody today that maybe you're sitting in here and you're in the dark. You're in a dark season of your life. You know, sometimes it can be hard to find Jesus in the dark, can it? When it's dark, it can be hard to find what God is doing, what God is up to. Now, I don't know about you, but I can testify for myself that in dark seasons of my life, I've often jumped to conclusions that Jesus isn't working in the situation, but I'm looking for a dead body. But I wanna tell you, somebody today, you need to have just a little bit of faith and believe that he is not here, but he is risen. Come on, does somebody have faith today? that God can work in the dark. In the darkness of our lives, we can't often recognize what God is doing. There can be supernatural signs and we still don't see it. And some of us today, you've shown up with the same cynical outlook that Mary had. She isn't going to that tomb that day expecting to find a risen savior. She's going that day expecting to find a dead one. And when she can't even find the dead one, she jumps to the conclusion that somebody has stolen him. And maybe you're here today like Mary and you walked into church and it's just another Easter. I've got to go through this so I can go have dinner at grandma's. And maybe you're just going through the motions today. And first of all, I want to say that's okay. At least you showed up. Come on, somebody. But I want to tell you, don't walk into this place today expecting to find a dead traditional Jesus. There is a risen Jesus that is in this place today. And if you just have faith, he still moves, he still heals, he still touches. Come on, does anybody serve a risen Jesus today? You see, Mary, it's dark for Mary, not only literally, but also psychologically. This person who she thought was the Messiah, who was God in the flesh, turns out he's dead. And she has given up hope. She's in a dark season. It's been a dark three days. All of the aspirations and hopes she had for the future have been ripped apart on that Friday. But I wanna encourage somebody today, don't walk in here expecting to find a dead Jesus. Maybe you've been hurt by the church. Maybe you've been disappointed by so-called Christians. I wanna tell you today, don't worship a church. Don't worship other Christians. Worship a risen Savior who is perfect, who is above all. If you're in the dark today, I wanna tell you, Jesus did not do that to you. Come on. 
don't come looking today, don't come looking for a perfect church. Don't come looking for a perfect pastor. Don't come looking for people who can fix you. Come in here today looking for a risen savior because he is alive and he's well. Verse 10 says that Mary stood weeping outside the tomb and as she wept, she stopped, or excuse me, she stooped to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head, one at the feet. And they said to her, woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, they have taken away my Lord and I do not know where they have laid him. Now, I don't know about you, but I would like to think if I were in Mary's shoes and I walked up to an empty tomb of a man who I'd seen feed 5,000 people with a Happy Meal, lay hands on eyes and they open, speak to deaf ears and they open, raise people from the dead, and I see an empty grave and two angels sitting there I would like to think that I would say, he's risen. But you know what? We can't be too hard on Mary. Because even the sighting of two angels doesn't phase her cynicism. And we can enter into atmospheres where God is moving. We can enter into atmospheres where God is speaking. And we can become so hard-hearted and so cynical that not even that moves us today. And I think the reason why her heart is hard is we see the angels ask her an introspective question and that is this, Mary, why are you weeping? Why are you crying? And that's the answer I think, or that's a question that all of us need to answer today. Why are we hurting? What has you hurt? What has you cynical? What has you hard-hearted? Your life hurts can keep us from seeing the truth about Jesus. Why are you weeping? Mary, why can't you see the truth? Why can't you see what God has done in this situation? And her answer reveals a lot about where her mind is at. She says that they've taken away my Lord and I can't find him. Maybe you're here today and you're hurting like Mary and you just want something, but you can't find it. You're just looking for something to cure the hurt in your life, but it's nowhere to be found. Why are you hurting today? Why are you crying? Mary names her hurt. And I wanna tell you the first step to healing is naming your hurt. Life hurts, doesn't it? No doubt we have people here with life hurts from childhood. Somebody did something. Somebody said something. And ever since that event, you can't find Jesus. You can't find what you're looking for. Some of you have been hurt in a church and you left the church and you gave up on Jesus because of the church and you can't find a risen savior anymore 
because of something people did to you. Some, some of you are sitting here today and the doctor has given you a terrible report and you're hurting and you can't seem to find Jesus in this situation. I think about last week, you know, I just said that if I saw what Mary saw, I would like to think I would always believe. But just last week, my faith took a dip. In a matter of 24 hours, there was the school shooting in Nashville. Senseless children being killed. There was a friend of mine who called with a very bad doctor's report who needs a miracle. There were two or three other situations I was dealing with with good people going through bad situations. And I couldn't see Jesus in that moment. And I became depressed, it just seemed dark. Just seemed like, God, where are you? But in those situations, what we have to realize is that we have to name our hurt. We have to go to Jesus with our hurt because he's asking, why are you crying? Because he can feel our hurt because he felt our hurt. We don't have a high priest today who can't feel our infirmities. Jesus bled, Jesus suffered, Jesus suffered loss, Jesus suffered disappointment. And so we can go to him today and we can name that hurt because he can feel it. How many is thankful today for a savior that feels our hurt? Psalm 34, verse 18 says, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and he saves the crushed in spirit. If you're here today and you're hurting, I wanna tell you, you're in the right place. Welcome to the journey of other hurting people. Other hurting people who are looking for Jesus. Mary doesn't know that Jesus is still there in the hurt. Jesus is there in the hurt. He's close to the brokenhearted. He's close to those who are crushed. You're in the right place today if you're hurting. You're not disqualified. Matter of fact, that is one of the key ingredients to being qualified, is being crushed, being disappointed. Why, because you can join in the company of a savior who was crushed and disappointed. He was wounded for our transgressions. The chastisement of our peace was what? Upon him. So give your hurt today, name the hurt and give it to Jesus. Then we see in verse 14, having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. And Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Who are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you've laid him and I will take him away. You see, Jesus was right there the whole time she was hurting. It was all about her perspective. She thinks he's dead and carried away. The whole time he was right behind her. And I just wanna encourage somebody today He's right beside you. You think he's far away. He's not dead. He is risen. And he's here today. And so she turns around and she sees Jesus. 
but she does not recognize Jesus. She does not recognize Jesus in the dark. She does not recognize Jesus in her tears. And I think that Mary is so preoccupied with her grief, she's so blinded by her tears and not expecting to see Jesus again. And all of that hurt, all of that darkness is keeping her from seeing the greatest miracle in human history standing right in front of her. And here's what I wanna tell us today is that our assumptions can blur our recognition. Our assumptions can blur our recognition. I, I remember one time I was in a city far from here and I saw a good friend of mine and we had no idea that we were gonna be in the same place. And I saw him and like in my mind, I knew it was him, but I couldn't put the pieces together. And I'm like, I, I know that person, but why are they here? And my assumptions have blinded my recognition. And some of you today, your assumptions have Blinded your recognition. There is a living Jesus in this place today who can heal you, who can help you, who can bind up your wounds. But you need to open up your eyes of faith and say, this isn't just another Easter. This isn't just another day. This isn't just another service. This is the day where everything in my life can change because Jesus is with me. Jesus is with me. Jesus is here. And Jesus, he asked her the question that the angels ask her. He says, why are you crying? And then he adds another question. Who are you seeking? What are you looking for? That's a question, another question God has for us today. What are you looking for? You see, our life hurts will cause us to look. We can deny it all we want to. We can say, oh, I'm not a seeker. I'm not a spiritual person. I'm not this, I'm not that. I'm not one of those crazy people. No, you're looking for something. You're looking for something to heal the hurt. Some people look in relationships and like the woman at the well in John chapter four, you go through relationship after relationship and they always leave, they always disappoint. And like Jesus today, I'm saying, come drink of this water and you'll never thirst or look again. Some of us are looking in money. We look for money to solve the problem. We're always chasing the next business deal. We're always working overtime. We're always going after the bigger house. We're always going for that new car. We're always going for that next vacation. We're always going to the next Disney whatever. And it won't work. Some of us today are looking for it in drugs and alcohol and nobody knows about it. But when you're by yourself, you're seeking and you're looking, whether it's cocaine, whether it's alcohol, whatever it is, it won't work. And Jesus is here today asking, what are you looking for? Because he's wanting to show you, I'm what you're looking for. I'm the water that never runs dry. I'm the bread that you eat and you will never 
thirst again. And some of us, we've gone our whole lives going to an empty tomb, trying to find and pursuing dead things. And we'll never recognize the miracle that God has for us if we're always just looking for dead things. If you're always looking for that relationship to fix you, you're always going to be looking. If you're looking for that drug to make it better, you're always going to be looking. If you're looking for money to make it better, you're always going to be looking. But like the angel said in Luke chapter 24, which is a different depiction of the same account, they asked Mary and those with her this question. They say this, why do you seek the living among the dead? What are you looking for today? And I wanna tell somebody today, you, you've been looking for God in all the wrong places. Some of us, we, we've been looking for God in dead churches. And I, I'm not telling you where to go to church, but you need to go to a church where they preach that Jesus is alive, that miracles still happen, the Holy Spirit is still poured out. Stop looking for Jesus in dead places and come and get around people who are looking for a resurrected Jesus. I want to implore you today, stop looking for Jesus in dead places. It never works. Mary was looking for the right person with the wrong expectations. Don't come in here today looking for religion. Don't look, come in here looking today for a set of rules that will fix you. It won't work. But if you come in here today looking for a person named Jesus, it can change everything. Can anybody testify that's true? Mary wanted Jesus, but she was looking for a dead one. And it's all about what you look for. Today, we don't have anything to offer you other than Jesus, a living Jesus, a Jesus that still heals, a Jesus that still delivers, a Jesus that still forgives, a Jesus that can change everything with one word. That's the Jesus we serve today. And I want you to see something. Verse 16, Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned to him and she said, teacher. When he said her name, she recognized who it was. I wanna tell somebody here today, Jesus is calling your name. And once you realize that you are called, it will change everything about your life. You're not here by accident. You're not here by coincidence. God ordained for you to be here today. God ordained for you to know who he is. You are called by God. He is pursuing you. How many knows that God pursues us before we pursue him? Before you were even looking for him, he was looking for you. So Jesus is calling us, and here's what happens when Mary hears Jesus call her name. She recognizes who it is because calling brings clarity. Right. Amen. 
Calling brings clarity. When you realize, I'm not meant to live that life of constantly looking, constantly searching, but I am called by God because he loves me. He went to that cross for me. If only one person would have responded to him through that cross, he would have still gone to that cross. And I wanna tell you today, he would die just for you. He is reaching just for you. This service today could be just for you. He says in John chapter 10, he says, my sheep know my voice and I know them and they, what, follow me. I wanna encourage somebody today to just give in. You've been fighting the voice of God everywhere you go. You go to the bar and you're not happy because you can feel that little angel on your shoulder that some praying mamas in this church have put there. Every time you, you go to that next relationship, and uh, you, you get in, uh, into that relationship and, and you can't fully surrender to that person because that little angel's on your shoulder telling you, I'm still here. There, everywhere you go, you feel this sense of conviction. You see, feel this sense that God is pursuing you. And I wanna tell you the best thing from a lifelong runner, the best thing you can do is just surrender to the call. Just surrender to the call. He knows the number of hairs on your head. He knows everything about you. He's calling you today. He's saying your name. And we have to respond to the call today. And so the greatest revelation in human history happened to a scared, unexpected, cynical, grieving woman in the dark. Jesus called Mary, showed Mary who he was in the dark. And if you're in the dark today, that doesn't disqualify you from seeing Jesus. That doesn't disqualify you from knowing Jesus. Why? Because Jesus came to reach people in the dark. He is the light of the world who shines bright in our darkness. Jesus can show you himself in the dark and he's calling you out of darkness into light, out of that cynicism, out of that doubt. He's calling you away from that lifelong search today. And he says, come follow the good shepherd and I will lead you to green pastures. I'm gonna restore your soul. You have nothing to be afraid of. And I wanna tell you, there's no peace like the peace of knowing that Jesus has called you out of darkness into light. Come on, can we thank him today that he is the light of the world? Can we thank him for a day when he called our name and everything changed and we saw the light? Jesus came for people in darkness. I wanna say something, Jesus didn't come for church people. Jesus came for people looking for him in darkness. Jesus came for people who are hurting. Jesus came for people who are addicted. Jesus came for people who can't find him. I love this in verse 17. Jesus said to her, do not cling to me. If I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God.
And Mary went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord and the things that he had said to her. I find it interesting. Apparently, when Mary realized who Jesus was, she turned around and gave him a bear hug. And his response is interesting. He says, do, do not cling to me. And I think what he's saying is, Mary, things have changed. And I don't wanna get too deep into the theological weeds today, but after Jesus died and he was resurrected, he took on a glorified body. The body that had been pre-resurrection was different than post-resurrection. It had a spiritual quality to it. He's telling her, our relationship, Mary, has changed. You see, it's not going to always be like this. You're not always gonna have a physical Jesus to run to. You're not always gonna have a physical Jesus that will be there, just like there's not a physical Jesus here today. But he says, do not cling to me because I'm going to the Father. In other words, my relationship is gonna change. Why did Jesus ascend to heaven? So that he could send back the Holy Spirit. And he's saying, Mary, you don't need a physical Jesus to be in the room anymore. You're gonna have the power of the Holy Spirit standing next to you. He's gonna go with you and he will never leave you or forsake you. And I wanna tell somebody today, the reason the resurrection happened is because we are anointed with the power of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus is in this room today. Does anybody believe in the power of the Holy Spirit? Anybody believe in the power that Jesus still heals to the power of the Holy Spirit? God still pours out his spirit. And he says this, don't cling to me. And then he tells her, Mary, I want you to go and I want you to tell what's happened to you. Don't cling to me. Don't keep me to yourself. Let go of me and share me with others. And I want to tell us all today, no matter how long you've been in church, how long you've been following Jesus, don't cling to him, let's share him. And that's what happens when we have an encounter with Jesus. After we know who he is, he gives us a purpose. Jesus doesn't just save us to sit on green pews until he comes back. He saves us so that we can be a door greeter, so that we can sing in a choir, so we can play an instrument, so we can teach a class, so we can help somebody in addiction. He tells us today, don't cling to me, but go share me. Why? Because that is your purpose. You have a purpose so much greater than just sitting in a church. Your purpose is to share me with the world and let's change the world together. How many wants to share Jesus here today? How many wants to change the world with Jesus? How many's tired of dead religion? How many's just tired of coming to church? So I wanna tell you, if, if you just, Jesus doesn't save us just to come to church and if you think that's what the gospel is, you're dead wrong. You see, because... Jesus has a special purpose for you, Mary. That goes so much beyond salvation. He wants to use you to give the life-changing message of the world and get it out. I think of my friend, Kate, who's here today. If we could have that picture. Kate was in the dark 
She was searching and none of the stuff worked. None of the searches worked. Her search led to drugs and bondage to drugs to where she was out of control. And because of that usage, because of that habit, because of the darkness that she was in and she could not find what she was looking for, it landed her in prison and she was facing serious time. But everybody say one day. She walked into this church and the search was over. And I don't know about you, but I look at that picture and I see hopelessness. I see someone in the dark. I see somebody saying, help me. And Kate came, if she, come on up here. You guys come on up here. Come on, let's give Kate a hand today. One Sunday, God changed her life. And she had an ankle bracelet on. And she said, can I still get baptized in this? I said, absolutely. We're just exchanging one tracking device for another. We're gonna take on a heavenly tracking device. God changed her life. I wanna tell you, not only did God change her life, God's using her to change other people's lives. She's found purpose in the house of God. She came out of that darkness and she came into the light. And today, when you walked into this church, your future was in doubt. You're facing a possible prison sentence and God changed everything. God moved in her court case. She's deeply involved in Celebrate Recovery, which next week, I implore you, come back next week for our CR Sunday and you're gonna hear story after story like Kate's. And today she's happy. Look at that smile. And it was at the house of God that she found this guy. This is Alex and they recently got married. Come on somebody. I think at one point, you didn't know if you're gonna be able to keep your little boy. He's here today, he's in Kids Blast, he loves God, God's moving in his life. This is proof that Jesus is what you're looking for. Come on, let's give her a hand today. You can be seated. Dennis, come on Dennis, get up here. Some of you might be wondering who this crazy kid is running around here today. It's Dennis. Dennis the menace. Everybody look at the picture. That's darkness. Hey dude, you picked out the picture. I'm just showing it. That's darkness. That's somebody that's looking. Should I tell the whole testimony? There's been some ups and downs. But Dennis lost his parrot, y'all. And he said, God, if you show me where my parrot is, I'll go back to church for six months. Hey, God will do anything. You know where his parrot showed up? On the campus of this church. 
somebody say one Sunday. One Sunday. God changed everything. His wife is back there and their girls. He's involved in Celebrate Recovery. He's involved in prison ministry. How many guys did we just baptize? 11? 11 in Fayette County Jail because this guy says, I've got a purpose because I've seen Jesus. And you may not understand why he worships the way he does. I want to tell you why he worships the way he does. That right there. He was in darkness and Jesus called his name and called him to the light. Let's give him a hand today. Come on, all over this place. As our musicians come, I wonder if we can lift up our hands all over this place. Father, I pray for somebody today that's looking for you in the dark. Lord, and they came today, Lord, and said, I'll give it one more chance. That just maybe there's a living Jesus in that church today. Maybe what I've been looking for is in that place. And Jesus, I just pray right now, you would call their name and all the darkness would be driven out because I've seen too much to believe that you're dead and someone's carried you away. I've seen too many Kates, I've seen too many Dennis's who you've brought out of darkness into life. And so I wonder if with every hand lifted, if you're comfortable, if you can just say, I surrender. Jesus, I pray give somebody a fresh start today. And I pray that this would be somebody's one day where everything changes. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. We're gonna sing one more song here today and I wonder if we can just worship him for just a couple more minutes. If you need somebody to pray with today, come to these altars. We're here to pray with you. It's okay, you can be late to the egg hunt. There's some things more important. If you need somebody to intercede with you, come to these altars today. So we begin to sing this song. Let's sing this song in faith today. And can we give God a great praise today because he is risen and he's in this place. Have it. The enemy thought.